That sermon that we just sang, if any, I don't know if any of you make use of congregation at prayer. Um, in the congregation at prayer, I, reor- I actually reoriented. Last, the last year, we always had whatever the hymn was, the prayer, was for the, the previous Sunday. This year I changed it so it's for the Sunday coming up. So if you're singing the hymn, you would have been singing this one. And this is actually a great hymn to just pray every now and then. Because it just summarizes what our Christian life would be so but anyways the the text for the sermon this day is taken from Matthew 6 especially these words from Jesus I tell you do not be anxious about your life that is the text grace peace and mercy to you from God our father and our lord and savior Jesus Christ amen Do not be anxious about your life. Very simple words from Jesus. Simple command from Jesus. But a command that is simple as it is, is not so simple to follow. You know, this time of the year, I could could speak just from my own life, that at the beginning of the school year, for a pastor, I've kind of learned I've got, as a pastor, I get three new years. I get, the, I get the new church year, I get the new school year, and I get the actual new year. And the actual new year is actually the easy one. So, because actually about that time I'm taking a breath from the new church year. So, but with the new school year comes all kinds of busyness. That means confirmation starting, YDOC is starting, we're going back to the um, Saturday night services, so I can't, I can't uh, decide to work on the sermon on Saturday night because I should have already preached it. And this week I had to recorrect my brain many times about that. I'm like, oh, I, I know I got the, I could hold it off until oh, I have Saturday night service. I can't do that. So, and um, you have all these things that come in, um, trying to find schedule to get to many of the events. And by the way, I have a goal. Not sorry, HMS students, but I have a goal this year. Simulio Cheating has a stat little trophy for best fan. I have a goal. I'm going to get that. I'll still go to HMS stuff too, but it's that's my goal for the one of my goals for the year. But you, try, I try to figure that in into the schedule, 
And of course, there's the regular everyday stuff that just add to, and especially with the half of August beat missing for me, I've been, my brain has just been, how do I find time to do everything? I, need a, I, could ask, I could add in another hour each day or maybe go to eight days a week instead of seven days for a week. Many of you could think of your own things that are creating stress. You're getting ready at this time of the year as we're drawing close to the first day of fall. That means the first frost is coming. And for those of you who worry about or thinking of harvest, that is not far away. We all have our little worries. For those who did go back to school, you are getting, getting readjusted to the new classes, getting readjusted to being with your, coming back to your classmates, finding out whether or not the freshmen are tolerable or not, thinking about what the year to come is to be, trying to get your schedule together. All of our vocations, if anybody's teaching, worrying about Worrying about keeping up, getting, being ready, making sure they're ready for the students. If anybody works in medicine, that's always stressful. But at this time of the year, people start to get more sick, especially as we approach the winter season. I know that's a dirty word right and still. We don't want to hear that winter word, but it's coming. And that's just the things that come with the season. That's as a deal with the stresses that come with every day of life. The simple stress of even dealing with traffic if you have to go make a run to Sioux Falls or something. Or if you happen to decide to go to Spirit Lake this weekend, which yesterday I was not fun, if anybody noticed. You have stresses of, that come in family, sometimes spouses or siblings or children or grandchildren, whoever might create stress, even though we love them. And so Jesus says, do not be anxious about these things. See, anxiety is one of those sins, and yes, it is a sin, that is evidence of us failing in the first commandment. The first commandment is, you, you shall have no other God before me. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. See, at the root of anxiety is that is a lack of trust. Some, anxiety is one of those sins that is so strong, so pervasive, that there are people that even have anxiety disorders. That they, can, that they can't help but be anxious. There are some people for whom anxiety and stress is almost like a drug. They don't feel like life isn't complete unless they are stressed out, unless they're anxious. Anybody know people like that? I do, they're in my family, that they are not, life is not life unless they're stressed. And so the solution, so the problem is we don't trust God. And so how do we answer that? Now one person can say, well, 
in order to deal, become not anxious, you, in, or, in order to trust God, you need to trust God. Which I'd say, yeah, that's right. But say that's kind of like, in order to end a drought, you need more rain. I'm like, yeah, that's true, that's true. But how do we go about getting that rain? And by the way, just like rain, we are just as helpless of our own power to gain that trust. Because I don't know about you, but you can't scream to the cloud. I can't scream to the clouds and tell it to rain or to stop raining. It doesn't work. With anxiety, when it comes to trusting God, we begin to trust God the same way you trust anyone. For those who are married or have been married, you probably didn't decide to, to propose to them the very first moment you saw them. You didn't say, hi, how are you doing? Let's get married. You probably waited a little while. You wanted to make sure you knew them and knew that you could trust them. Trust comes with being around them, spending time with them, getting to know them. And so trust in our God comes the same way by spending time with him the more we are away from our God the more we are apart from him the more anxiety builds up the more we the less that we trust him but the more we spend time in his word the more we spend time in his sacrament taking the Lord's Supper remembering our baptism because as I've said many times, baptism is an ongoing event. You weren't, it's, you weren't baptized. It's not that you were baptized. You are baptized. And so we remember it regularly. We see Christ. We see our God through the lens of the crucifixion. That when we see through that in that most horrific event in the history of the world. I mean, think about it. In the history of the world, there's only been one person that, has never, that didn't sin. Not even the littlest of white lies. He didn't even have a thought of sin. Not, I mean, so this is one of the, the mind-boggling things of when D Jesus is out in the wilderness. And when they say, and when the devil says, take this loaf of bread, you know, turn these stones into loaves of bread. And Jesus had been without food for 40 days. Jesus didn't even have a thought of making that food. He didn't think, you know, maybe I could. Would it be that bad of an idea? He didn't even go there. We very, 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 very rarely do not at least enter into the thought of a sin. And according to Scripture, sin begins not in the deed, but in thought. Which is why in our confession of sins, we always say we confess sins that we've committed by thought, word, and deed. And so... Jesus did not even commit that. And yet, he was put to death as a criminal. Crucified. And from that death is the 
washing away of every sin that has ever been committed in the history of the world. With that death comes the forgiveness of sins. With that death comes the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. You look at our God and you look through the words of Scripture through the lens of that. You look through, and then you read through the Old Testament. So in the congregation of prayer, you have a lot of readings from the Old Testament. This year you're going to read a little bit about Saul and Saul trying to hunt down and kill David. And then you'll hear, and the next year you'll get to read about the exile. Last year you heard about the nation of Israel when they're in slavery. All of these horrible things that happened to the people of Israel and God delivered them each and every time. So the more you spend time with our God, the more you see his character, see who he is, his word, his sacrament shapes you. It molds you. And it leads you to trust him more and more each time. And with trust, anxiety begins to wither away and disappear. See, to be in a life where there is no anxiety does not mean, and by the way, in this life you won't have a life without anxiety. That won't come until the resurrection of the body. But to be without anxiety does not mean that life is all hunky-dory and things are always going wonderful. Rather, to be without stress, to be fully trusting in God, to live without that anxiety means that when a bad thing comes your way, no matter what it is, you sit there and say, you know what? God said he works for the good of all those who believe in him. And I know that no matter how bad this is, God will deliver me out of it. And he will work for the good. That is the trust that comes from spending time with your Lord. The more you know him, the more you trust him. And the less anxiety you have. Do not be anxious. Believe in Jesus. Know Jesus. Spend time with him, for he is the one who is crucified, risen for you. Till the day that he comes, he returns, and all anxiety and stress and evil is wiped away. To him be all glory, in Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith and a life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.